Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is kicking mental illness into the face and not apologizing for it. Today on the show, I want to talk about replacing apologies with affirmations. This is basically a simple reframing technique. There is, uh, I'm going to do future episodes on kind of using different language to improve your overall positivity, optimism, and mental health. But in this case, I want to talk about apologies and how we we tend to apologize for our own insecurities or apologize for something that we presume is a problem as opposed to something that is confirmed to be a problem or like, you know, saying that you're sorry for uh, being difficult because of your mental health versus, you know, bumping into someone. Those are two very different things. And with one, you can totally reframe it as like, Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for for always supporting me, as opposed to sorry I'm so difficult. You know, it 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 kind of creates uh, a difficulty, as you can imagine, and I'm sure that you know this, but you know, maybe hearing it from a podcast host will help you kind of understand. And and it takes practice and reframing, so it takes a little time to. To, to implement this into your life. But uh, you know, we're going to talk about it. There's a good 15-minute conversation about this, and uh, hopefully it'll help you out. So I'm going to click the button, and we're going to do the thing. Drums, Okay. Ah, oh, sorry for the loud noise. <laughs> uh, I would say I did that deliberately because I did. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to illustrate how much we like apologize in our lives. Especially when you're dealing with mental health, I think it is really easy to feel like you're stepping on other people's toes or becoming um, a bit of a burden to other people when you're dealing with any kind of mental health issues. Especially with a partner, you're constantly apologizing for your behavior, for not getting out of bed, for not doing things, for not doing the dishes, or for maybe saying something you didn't mean, or for just being yourself. I think we apologize for that all the time. Or even say sorry when there's like little things that happen. You accidentally bump into someone, which is fine, that's appropriate. Um, but it's more so in the, the, the context that I want to speak about today is in like the self-manufactured context. In every apology that comes from that sense of feeling like you're being a burden that it's like this self-imposed assumption that you're a problem for someone else, for your partner, you know, that you are even, you know, you made too much of a loud noise or something. And uh, apologies can like that can be sometimes linked to difficulties in your past. You know, maybe you were dealing with a uh, complex PTSD situation that you might not be aware of. And uh, I did an episode on com complex PTSD, so if you're not sure what that is, you can go check out that episode where I talk all about it. Um, but sometimes, you know, P 
people can be really difficult in families or in relationships and will take those dynamics, that baggage, if you will, and apply it to other situations. You know, a lot of my apologies come from when I'm feeling particularly emotional. And I'm not an emotional person most of the time. I'm really only emotional in front of Molly, the darling rage, if you haven't listened to her podcast. And her and I, we talk about a lot of concepts. We have really in-depth conversations about about life and social things and mental health and education. And we talk about so much stuff. But Sometimes when I'm feeling particularly heavy, I'm going through a mental health downswing, or I might feel a little bit snappy, or anything like that, I feel like I'm constantly apologizing. Which, after a while, she's even expressed to me, like, stop apologizing, it's annoying me. <laughs> and then you want to be like, sorry for annoying you. <laughs> um, I think it's something that's also really common with introverts, we tend to be aware that we want a quieter environment. We want a more controlled environment. So when we do something that is a little bit stepping outside of our bounds, if we make too much noise for some reason, we want to apologize for that. Like, oh, crap, sorry, that was too much. Uh, <laughs> because we're, cause we're applying that to our experience. So we're applying that notion of making too much noise or being disruptive to typically what we want. You know, it's that whole, like, treat people the way you want to be treated thing, which is kind of bullshit. It's more about treating people how they want to be treated. And that means asking and talking about it. So if I were to make too much noise on something, uh, instead of saying sorry, I would rather ask Molly, like, was that too loud? Is that cool? And um, that could mitigate whether or not I should feel like I need to apologize in that moment or not. Because if I slam a, slam a cup or something, you know, she might have a reaction like, uh <laughs> Then I'll probably more likely apologize uh, in, in that scenario. Or if it's, if it's something where she doesn't have a reaction, again, like dropping pens or something, I'd be like, was that too loud? And she'd be like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay, great. You know, it's an information-gathering mission as opposed to assuming. And when you have confirmed data that maybe you've, you know, disrupted someone or caused an issue, you know, perhaps you can apologize for that. But what I would really like for a lot of people to get away from is apologizing based on assumptions, based on assuming that you were disruptive to someone or that you were being difficult or that your mental health is a burden or that someone doesn't love you or something because you're being uh, um, you're being particularly difficult on some day or something like that. So when it comes to the mental health angle of it all, I wanted to talk about the language shift. And I'm going to have some episodes in the future about language shifts because sometimes deliberately using certain wording will help you with some convictions. For me, I, I, I've been taking more time to use less ums and ahs 
I've been trying to speak a little bit more clearly and be okay with pauses and stuff like that. And there are other times where I'm trying to learn how to change some of my language so that I can so I can better so I can have a better sense of conviction. Meaning I think a lot of millennials, young people, including myself, I'm probably on the higher end of the millennial spectrum. Uh, I was born in 1985, so I don't know, depending on whatever marketing marketing article you read, that could be could or could not be a millennial. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that a lot of millennials will use non-committal language. We'll say kinda, sorta, maybe, uh, you know, we're we're kind of like one foot in, one foot out a lot of the time. <laughs> And that's something I've been working on as well. I've, I'm sure I've said it throughout podcasts. And when I don't think about it, I start to adopt it again. But when I start to use more committal language, it, it helps with confidence. It helps me feel like I'm making a decision about something. I'm not halfway in, halfway out. And it doesn't sound like I'm being wishy-washy to other people as well. And... Um, there are other. There's one more example I can think of when it comes to like language shifts, which is um, using "but." You are using "and" instead of "but." You know, you'll say a concept like oh, "that's really great," but or <laughs> or I think it's better to say like "that's really great," and it could work a little bit better if we did this. You know, sometimes using the word "but" can be like a negative connotation. It really depends on the context because I think the example I just used was kind of terrible. Was at, was terrible. See, I used kinda again. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. And uh, whatever. Sometimes it's going to take a little bit of uh, a little bit of work to make that language shift. But anyway, in this context about apologizing, making that language shift is about thinking about what are you apologizing for. So if you're apologizing based on an assumption that you've made someone uncomfortable or you're not being helpful, or your mental health is being a burden to someone else, to frame it in a positive way. And that usually involves thanking the other person. So if you're feeling this sense of self-doubt, use it as as an opportunity to provide affirmations for the other person. Especially if it's a partner, you can stop and say, thank you for being so patient with me. I really, really appreciate it. Or thank you for always listening to me. Or you're you're so amazing for always being there, and I'm incredibly grateful. This stuff is really difficult, and you being here makes it so much better. So instead of saying like, "I'm sorry, I've been such a jerk lately. I'm sorry that I'm I I can't be this, or I I, I can't get out of bed," you know, you can you can flip it on its head and say, "Thank you, thank you for having patience with me," or "Thank you for waiting for me." Or, or thank you for not putting pressure on me. Thank you for not doing this. Or thank you for doing this. You see, the general idea, though, is taking something... Think about it every time you're about to apologize for something. Or even if you have just apologized for something. Take a, take a moment to take stock in what just happened. Are you apologizing for something that was actually worthy of an apology? Or are you using an apology in place of an affirmation? Because giving affirmations is a way to continue to build relationships. It's a way to continue to make the person that you're with feel loved. 
and they'll likely provide affirmations back. You know, they'll say like, you know, you're doing such a great job. You know, you're really doing the best that you can. And I see that and I see you and I really appreciate it. Sometimes that happens by you simply saying first, thank you for being there for me. I've had a really rough time lately, but your support means everything. And they'll likely respond or hopefully respond with something just as positive. You know, I see that you're doing your best and, you know, while maybe they'll have some feedback, you know, maybe you'll get some information as opposed to just, because sometimes, sometimes just saying sorry for something is just like an automatic response. And, and what you want to get away from, and what I feel is helpful, is to get away from feeling like sorry is just an automatic response. Because you're not actually giving any feedback or getting any feedback. So if you just say sorry, you're just like, sorry, you know, you're not learning anything new. You're just going to keep apologizing anytime, anytime you make a loud noise. Instead of saying, oh, was that too loud? I, is that okay? And then I'll say like, yeah, it's fine. Or... Or, no, can you just try to be a little bit quieter? I'll be like, all right, that's cool. You know, you're, you're gaining new information. Um, and, and, and learning something from it. Because if you say sorry for everything, you're going to get into this, like, this non-feedback loop with the other person. Because we say so many things that are just kind of automatic. You know, the whole, like, how you doing? I'm fine. Oh, cool. How are you doing? I'm good. And there's nothing. There's no new information there. You know? There's nothing you can work with. It's the same as, like, apologizing for something. Like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, and they'll just be like, oh, it's cool. And that's it. You don't really... That's not really any information. It's more of an automated response. So what you want to try to move away from is, is giving and getting automated responses from yourself and other people so that you can actually learn from an experience, gain new information... And, and practice improving, you know? I, I don't think we should continuously apologize for who we are as people. We should certainly be polite and apologize if we bump into someone or, you know, cause an accident or something. <laughs> Actually, don't. Your insurance company doesn't want you to do that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, apologizing is just something we should be doing less frequently in more specific circumstances. And what we can be doing, especially in domestic scenarios, parents, kids, whatever, is flipping those apologies into affirmations and using that as a means to develop relationships so that your partner, your family, your friends become more understanding of who you are as a person and you can have a greater appreciation for one another. And that's fantastic way to continue to build a relationship instead of saying sorry and seeming like you're always on the defensive because it does get annoying it gets really annoying when someone apologizes all the time and i've been i've been i'm, I'm no different from anyone else that's done that i've done that as someone who's dealing with mental health and i've done that as someone who is an introvert feeling like i'm imposing on the world in an incorrect way so this one's a short one today because the, the concept is pretty straightforward. And um, I'm hoping that you can take this and learn from it. The next time you are apologizing for something, especially when it's apologizing for something that you've manifested in your head as a difficulty or you're feeling like a burden to someone, it is very important to 
to take that as an opportunity to either provide affirmations or to gain new information about the experience as opposed to just using an automated response and getting an automated response. So that's it. Let me know what you think. You can leave a voice message about it here on Anchor or hit me up at Rival My Design on all of the social channels. Um, and also hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash dopamine. And um, so that we can continue to do the show. Financial and affirmation support is always wonderful. And um, what else? Oh, uh, com. We've got the podcast course up. Everything you need to know about podcasting. From the last two plus years that I've learned about that I've been involved in podcasting. So if you're even thinking about starting a podcast, this is a course for absolute beginners. So absolute, this is like easy mode. And I'm going to be doing other podcast courses in the near future about um, Myers-Briggs stuff and cognitive functions and how to use all of that stuff in for, for marketing and sales and stuff like that. So uh, that's it. I hope you guys have a good day. Take care of yourselves. Don't apologize too much. Say thank you to your friends and family for being there for you and showing support. And uh, I thank you guys for showing love and support and being here and listening to this show and making me feel like this is something worth continuing doing. I really, really love it and appreciate it. And um, I'm about a month away from a year doing this show, so I'll try to think of something special to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later.